Hi, my name is Alicia Aliare, and this is the Clean Your Room podcast. This is season one, episode 16, and I'm recording this on Friday, September 17, 2021 in Los Angeles, California. I hope you enjoyed my last episode. It has been such a long, long time since my last show, which I recorded with my brother. That was super fun, but I had so much fun. I still haven't put together show notes for the last two episodes, but here we are. I just wanted to make a point of signing back on creating a new episode for you all, Uh, just like cleaning my apartment. It's not perfect and it's never done, but I do keep on trying. So much has happened over the last couple months. I've been working really hard at a lot of things that were, unfortunately, not this podcast. I can't even tell you everything. So here's a bulleted list of everything I can think of to mention. Some of it is even related to cleaning. Uh, it was my birthday. I had a really great birthday a couple months ago. I My partner drove me around town. We bought plants and planters. I will post pictures of those on our the Instagram, which is Clean Your Room Podcast on Instagram. Uh, We ate a lot of delicious food. It was also my brother's birthday. Recently, he tells me he spent it preparing for yet another lockdown, sadly, because that is the pandemic life in the Philippines for you. So sorry about that, brother, but I'm glad you are alive. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, Also in the topic of birthday, I ordered sushi. Um, but my sushi place did not have any uni, which is sea urchin, which is delicious and kind of expensive. So I usually save it for special occasions to order. Um, they didn't have any. And my good friend David ended up driving to Little Tokyo to get me some from a grocery. <laughs> so then we were eating uni for like every meal for two days. It was really glorious. Uh, I need to have David come over sometime so he can actually get to taste some. I made the I made a, an uni pasta and I also made uni fried rice, which I saw on the chef show. Uh, and I will try to remember to put links to that in the show notes. Um, what else? My partner bought a new TV. We haven't had a new TV since before we moved to this apartment. And so contrary to my usual, I kind of have this rule of the bedroom as a sanctuary and you shouldn't put a TV in it. That guideline has already been shattered once this past year by my bedroom becoming also my home office. So I went ahead and had him install the old TV in our bedroom. As a result, I can now play Animal Crossing on a much bigger screen than I'm used to, as well as watch lots of TV. I just watched CSI again for like the 20th time. I don't know if it's like the 20th time in the last two years or just the 20th time total. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It just blends all together and I've memorized it completely. Um, I also just binged all the episodes of Backyard Builds on Hulu and I'm not regretting this TV one bit. Um, And this is not an ad for Backyard Builds or Hulu or any of the shows on here. I just really like them. Uh, And this is also slightly cleaning related. So uh, aside from Backyard Builds, I really enjoyed watching um, this other show on Hulu, which is a British um, renovating show. It's called Renovate, Don't Relocate with Sarah Beanie. I love Sarah Beanie. She has a bunch of different interior design uh, shows. I love watching shows like that um, because if you try to keep a solution-oriented mindset, they can really be educational as far as figuring out strategies for organizing, designing, making your home's furniture and layout work for the way that you live your life. Uh, Sure, it can really stoke some envy. (laughs) I know for me, when I watch those home shows, like HGTV kind of 
stuff. The grass is always greener on the home improvement television show. Their budget is always bigger than yours. And even if they try to spin up the drama with delays or mistakes or cl- clients not get liking what they got, um, again, if you just focused on applying the principles of good design to the problems and situations that you have at home, I think watching them can be uh, really beneficial as well as just being fun. So what else? Um, I baked some cookies for my good friend, Colleen. She was here visiting her family recently. Hi, Colleen and Anna. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the cookies even more than I enjoyed baking them and eating the prototypes, which I admit is it was pretty fun. Um, I also have a neighbor with whom I co-garden for our apartment building. And while he was away on vacation, I actually made a very poor decision to separate some marigolds from each other. And that turned out to be the worst thing I could possibly do to those marigolds. Because I guess being clumped together the way that they come in the six pack was what was keeping them hydrated and alive. Um, So I ended up having to run to the garden store for some more flowers, not a hardship, because I I love them. And also marigolds are really cheap. Um, But I think they're actually working out really well. I got a different variety of marigolds than we got at first. Uh, The new ones are called Safari Mix. And also, I managed to collect quite a lot of seed heads from both the old and the new marigolds. So we'll see. We may, we might never ever have to buy marigolds again. We might have enough to plant the entire area in our back garden next year from the magic of seed saving. So fingers crossed. Um, speaking of neighbors, I saw a news article. This might be a little old already, but uh, a man in New Jersey accidentally cleaned the wrong house. Like he you know, was like hired to clean his friend's house. And he ended up somewhere else. And it was hilarious. I can't even tell you all about it. I would be laughing so hard trying to explain it on the podcast. So if you want to know more about the story, just go to the show notes and click on the link or you can search for the keywords. uh, New Jersey man cleans wrong house. I can't even make this up. Like I just tried these search terms today. So I know they work. Um, It's too funny. It's really kind of a sweet story. Uh, It ends up well. I'm sure there are multiple reports of this account out there. But I'll I'll link to at least one of the news stories just because I think it's really sweet and cleaning related. There you go. Um, also, what else has happened? Um, we're watching a lot of really good TV that I will talk about at some other time. But we, I just wanted to mention that we finished watching Shit's Creek, which was so good. And is going on my rotation of TV shows to put on while I'm cleaning and organizing. I do have to, yet there's going to be a couple of times throughout the, throughout the series that I have to pause and maybe cry a little bit because it is, it's a comedy, but um, there's also some very like touching emotional parts. So, you know, clean your eyes a little bit, (laughs) flush your, flush your eyes out with some tears. Um, after you're done, you know, cleaning the toilet and whatnot. Um, and then not to, here I'm talking about TV some more, not to get stuck on the TV topic. My friend Allison, um, who I will also talk about later, uh, got me to watch a show on Discovery Plus. And um, it's author and host Cassandra Arson or Cass. Uh, and her show is called Hot Mess House. And I love it because 
she came up with this system of organization that is tailored to um, the way that the person who owns the stuff uh, likes to store it. I'll probably have to do like a whole episode where I just talk about her and her system and how we've applied it. Also, if you have any recommendations for shows to watch while cleaning or to inspire one to clean, I would love to hear them. Um, you can tell me on social media, Clean Your Own Podcast on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also email info at cleanyourownpodcast.com. So right now I am also helping my friend Allison rearrange and organize her apartment, which I think is going to be another future episode of this podcast. Um, it's been a long and a little bit occasionally frustrating process, but it was also super fun. Um, we're still in the middle of it. I have to go to her house and assemble some furniture tomorrow. Um, a few of uh, uh, friends of hers, I'm in a group text with them called Patio Chat, where we are sending each other photos, encouragement, uh, before and afters, like in progress shots of her place getting organized, uh, ideas around furnishing, uh, you know, just giving opinions or, or like ideas on rearranging her living room and patio. So I hope you will tune into that future episode whenever it comes out. Hopefully it will be soon. Um, it's not to say that I don't need to do any cleaning or organizing of my own in my own place. It's just it's more fun to organize other people's stuff. And I think I've also just been giving myself more of a pass lately so that when I'm tired, which I've been a lot, or not feeling like cleaning, it's okay to leave things a mess for a little while. Like, especially right now, if you're still in the middle of kind of lockdown situation like we are, um, where everybody is being really careful, like sometimes we'll have friends over, but very, just very occasionally, that also means that there's not a lot of people coming through our apartment. So it's really just for me and my partner. Um, I have cleaned important things like the bathrooms, the fridge, the patio, but I'm really not beating myself up for being messy. Like while I'm recording this, there are piles of things on my desk. Um, I have several portfolios of paper and art that I keep telling myself I'm going to go through, <laughs> but I still haven't. Um, they're cluttering up the dining room right now, and I do want to get through them. I'm just not ready to do that yet. So part of the reason why I think I'm still resisting going through my artwork is that I'm not sure that I can part with my own art objectively. I don't think most of it is very good, but it is mine and it's one of a kind. It's stuff that I did when I was younger. It's really irreplaceable. And so I've been hanging on to that stuff. Um, it's been suggested that I photograph or scan them. And I have, I have photographs. Um, I, I just still don't think that gets me to the point where I can make those kinds of decisions to keep or recycle or sell these things. So yeah, I'm taking a bit of a break and giving myself the time that I need uh, and the space that I need to be able to tackle that properly at a better time. Uh, not right now. It's been really stressful lately on various fronts. So I'm going to give myself a break there. Uh, one thing I did accomplish and it was such a relief to finish was to wind all of my embroidery threads onto bobbins, which are labeled and organized in ascending numerical order. Um, yeah, I have a spreadsheet and everything. While I was doing that, I had a lot of time to think about crafting and art and 
how we clean and organize our stuff for for those things. So I thought that today I would talk about organizing your arts and crafts supplies. So this is season one, episode 16, Makers Gonna Make. Here's an ad and then it's on with the show. So before I go into my cleaning tips, let's talk about what I mean by arts and crafts. I'm not necessarily talking about just sewing or knitting or crochet. By the way, knitting and crochet are different things. Um, I'm talking about anything that you do that um, either produces something or requires uh, some item to be organized uh, so that your, you know, your product from that activity is in some way creative or expressive. So whether your art or craft is photography, writing, macrame, painting, sculpture, pottery, gardening, graphic design, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you have um, tools or materials or books or finished objects related to this art or craft in some way, then something in this episode will probably apply to you. So I hope that it's not just enjoyable to listen to, but also mm, that you can utilize some of the tips that I have. My number one thing, this is going to sound silly right off the bat. I may have already mentioned it. Make a spreadsheet. You can have one spreadsheet and make multiple tabs for different crafts, or you can have multiple spreadsheets um, and organize the information relevant to that art or craft however you want. But if you value your time and sanity, you will take the time to make a spreadsheet for any art or craft activity that you want to undertake. Let me give you an example. I'm a knitter. Knitting requires at minimum four different things to make it happen. Yarn or some kind of fiber or material that you knit, some needles, which are the tools that you use to knit or fabricate the material. Uh, notions, which typically serve a specialized purpose, like counting stitches or marking rows or something like that. And lots of projects also require um, books or a pattern so you can figure out what you're doing. Uh, I have tons and tons of books on on different arts and crafts. Um, there are also digital things like patterns, classes, videos, websites where you can purchase materials or find resources. There's Instagram accounts, like gathering all of the materials that you need to use and or be inspired to make your art, um, it can take time. And it's not often that you'll go out and get all of these things together all at once. And also, if you're anything like me, there's no way that you have just one project going on at a time. I have many, many projects happening at the same time. Making a spreadsheet um, helps you plan your project so that you can actually get it done. You can input things like what color of something you bought, what brand it was, um, what pattern you were planning to make with the stuff that you got. Uh, depending on what's, what type of object you're making, you might need a size um, or to know how much yardage you need. So like multiple skeins or hanks of yarn. Um, you might, you know, knit at a different gauge than the pattern. Um, you might have things... Uh, organized by color. You might also want to track how much you're spending. I don't know if you're into that. I kind of, uh, the last like year or so have not really been tracking the spending so much because, hey, it's a pandemic and I have almost literally nothing else to spend my money on because uh, we don't go to movies anymore. Um, or even how many things of each different type and size tool you have might be useful to track. 
It might be useful to track when you started and ended a project. You can also, if you happen to buy random items that are relevant to your art or craft, but without a project in mind, you might want to put those in a sheet also so that you know what you have that isn't used up or isn't spoken for in, in some kind of, you know, isn't meant for a particular project yet. Um, and that way you can, you know, hopefully be inspired to make something else. You might even want to track where you put all of this stuff. Not being able to find things is often something that deters me from completing any projects. Um, every so often I get into this organizing mood. This is kind of part of a little bit of hoarding, like churning. Um, I, I'll rearrange everything into what I think is the optimal storage solution for my craft items. And then 98% of the time when I think, okay, I can start a project I've been thinking about for ages, then I can't for the life of me remember where I put anything. And um, ideally, I'll have put all the items for one project together, zip them into your project bag and recorded not just what was in there, but what the bag looked like and where it was stored. So that's kind of like my ultimate goal for my knitting spreadsheet. I actually also just started a Google Sheets document for my embroidery thread so that if I have a project, which I'd really like to start, I haven't done cross stitch or embroidery for a long time, I can make a note of what threads I already have enough of, which colors I still need to buy. Um, if I decide to make any substitutions, I can make a note of that on the spreadsheet. And also I can log into the app on my phone. So if I happen to go to the store, then I have my shopping list available to consult instead of carrying around a piece of paper, which I'm definitely going to lose. Or I might have left my notebook at home. Um, if you are organized enough and you want to keep an analog record of your craft and art stuff like that, I don't see why you couldn't use a, a notebook or journal for tracking your projects rather than a spreadsheet if, if you prefer. Um, there are even specialized notebooks out there for particular crafts. But in, in the end, I just wouldn't get too stuck on creating a system or buying the perfect notebook organizer for your craft. You just want to give yourself a little bit of a foundation so that you're not wasting precious time and getting frustrated because your stuff is all over the place and you can't move your project along because you're, you can't find your, where you, you saved your pattern or where your materials are or where your tools are, etc. So there are a lot of online tunes out, tools out there also to help you keep um, your projects organized or to put your portfolio or things like that. I'm not going to go through every single one of those on the podcast because we're going to be here forever if I do that. Um, but I will put a list in the show notes for you to take a look at uh, some of the things that I've found and used and liked. Um, if you have suggestions as well, I'd love to hear them. So email me at info at cleanyourroompodcast.com. Or you can message and comment on my social media with any suggestions. So my second tip is once you have acquired your materials and tools, think about where you're going to put it all. Um, there are a bunch of different ways that you can organize your supplies. I always think of safety first. For example, if any of your materials are sharp, toxic, <laughs> Some, some things are, or potentially harmful in some way. It doesn't have to be dangerous. Maybe it's just something that stains like paint or dye or markers. Uh, maybe it's something corrosive, like um, making concrete 
planters and containers is kind of a thing right now. And you know, cement, concrete, is a, a, it's a chemical reaction. So you're going to need gloves, you're going to need tarps and or an outdoor area to, to uh, do your crafting. Um, maybe you have, speaking of tarps, maybe your tools or materials will scratch other things. So just kind of when you're thinking about storage, make sure that the container that you pick for your arts and crafts materials will not just protect your people around you and pets, um, but also protect your belongings and surroundings from damage. And you also really just want to protect the tools or materials themselves since you probably paid for them and it would not make any sense to have them ruined or stained or broken or dented before you even get to use them. So as far as storage, hopefully you are lucky enough to have a space, any space, even just like a small corner of your home that you can dedicate to your craft. For example, I do a lot of my sewing at the dining room table. Um, so last summer, I actually put a set of bookshelves uh, horizontally under the window so that I could store all of my sewing supplies there. My machine, um, I have an iron, I have a wool pad that I iron on. Um, my sewing box, notions, all kinds of supplies are right next to the area where I like to work. It's not a perfect situation and I still need to figure out how to blend all my other crafts into the same kind of arrangement, but it is a lot better setup than I had a while back where my tools and materials were basically like in three different rooms. My apartment only has like four rooms really if you don't count bathrooms it was such a waste of time back then to try to recall everything that I needed to fetch them from different places and then collect them all into the area where I was going to work and by the time I finished rounding everything up I'd be too tired to actually do any sewing so whatever your art and craft is try to figure out a space that you can take over to keep all or most of your stuff together and ready to create or if you have to store your items in various places, commit to a system that tracks what you stored where so you can find it again. You could also photograph your items and label them in photos on your smartphone. On your smartphone, uh, by creating a comment or label on the photo, you can make it searchable. You can also create albums for items and projects that pertain to each hobby. Um, so this applies to any craft, art, or hobby that you partake in gardening, cooking, baking, whatever, watercolors, oils and acrylics. Um, if you're a photographer with a light box and backdrops, or if you're a writer with ideas scribbled on bits of paper, just try to carve out a niche somewhere in your place that you can be productive. You might also want to decorate the area with some items that inspire you to make things. I personally don't do this specifically because I can get overwhelmed by decor and just having a lot of visual input. So I tend not to do that. Um, but just because that doesn't work for me doesn't mean that you need to do the same thing. Experiment and see what works for you. If that's hanging up a print, which is themed to your project, whether it's displaying your finished objects or even artfully arranging your supplies so that they are the inspirational decor, or hiding everything to create a blank canvas for your creative work, that's really up to you. My third tip, some of the biggest barriers to enjoying your arts and crafts time are time management and decision making. I know that I spend hours and hours every year looking at my supplies, 
reorganizing them, deciding where to use something, changing my mind um, about the project. At some point, you, and here I really mean me, I just have to bump my creative project up the priority list and get it started and get it done. You can't start something if you just keep churning your stuff over and over. I've talked about churning before on the show. Um, It's just like going through and like rearranging and, you know, moving it from place to place instead of actually taking the step of using it up and producing something with your materials. So organizing yarn is super fun for me, for example. So is organizing every other craft material that I own. Um, But you can't ever finish a thing that you don't start. So I do try to write my craft time into my weekly schedule so that even if things get overwhelming and I end up without the energy to complete something, I can still keep the project top of mind, maybe do a little bit, you know, maybe not as much as I meant to, but at least get it moving forward rather than letting letting it languish forgotten somewhere in storage. And it helps quite a bit when you have a reason or a deadline for creating something, like if you're creating a gift for someone or if you're running a business or selling your work. But not everybody has that kind of thing. Keep in mind also one of the reasons that you might have started this hobby or craft is probably because you had some form of enjoyment or satisfaction that you derive from the activity and not just a desire to commodify it, although maybe that can be part of it sometimes. I tend to think it's much more motivating for me to spend time on my art or craft if I think about the pleasure that it gives me to create and not so much if I think about it as work or another chore that I need to get done. So just to recap, keep track of your projects and materials, store them appropriately, and make time to actually do your crafting. All the materials and tools and books in the world aren't going to do you any good if you don't give yourself permission to play, to create, and to learn. I actually even don't think you need to finish the crafts that you start in order to get some kind of value out of them. Certainly, it can be very satisfying to complete something, but... I hope you also enjoy the journey and the process before, you know, regardless of whether you complete it or not. That's it for this week. If there's anything that you would like to share with the rest of the audience on social media, please use the hashtag Clean Your Room Podcast Challenge to share these on Instagram and TikTok. Also, you can follow me on both platforms at Clean Your Room Podcast. I'm also on Twitter as Fruit Juice. That's F-R-O-O-T-J-O-O-S. We also have a Facebook page if you'd like to discuss, ask questions, or share your cleaning challenges. You can find links to all of these channels from my social media profiles, Linktree, and cleanyourroompodcast.com. You can leave me an audio message or send me an email. You can find the links to how to send an audio message on cleanyourroompodcast.com. You can also email in to info at cleanyourroompodcast.com. Again, you'll find this and all of the rest of the links I've mentioned on my website and social profiles. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so in a variety of ways. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. You can rate or review the show. You can make a monthly contribution through our anchor.fm page, and you can even shop from our bookshop page, which also supports independent bookstores across the country with every purchase. Find us at bookshop.org slash shop slash clean your room podcast. 
Clean Your Room podcast is hosted and produced by Althea Aliare. The original music is called Bubble Guts, also composed by me. The podcast logo was illustrated by Ashlyn Anstey. You can find out more about her artwork and writing at ashlynna.com. That's A-S-H-L-Y-N-A.com. She also has a podcast with her partner, Grant Pardee, called Grashlyn Pardee, which you should definitely check out. She also has two new books coming out, a graphic novel called Shelby and Watts, Tidepool Troubles, which comes out on September 28, 2021, and Little Narwhal Not Alone by Tiffany Stone and Ashlyn Anstey, which comes out on October 12, 2021. This episode was sponsored by and produced on Anchor.fm. Thanks again for listening. This is Althea signing off and reminding you to clean your room.